hi and welcome back to bird is a word podcast happy monday i hope that everybody has a great week i hope you had a great weekend and i'm sure it went by super fast because the weekends are not long enough am i right um so yeah if you are new here welcome we are so happy to have you here um thank you so much for listening i really hope that the lord has brought you here to receive Um, And I hope that you do receive. Everybody's message is in these stories. And it may not be the same message for everyone, which is what makes it so personal and so intimate. God is just, God is good. Um, So I thank you guys so much for being here again. I'll never not thank y'all. I really did not know that people were really going to want to listen to me. And I love it. So thank y'all for being here. Um, I figured out how to um, link my podcast Instagram to my podcast Facebook so bird is the word podcast is now on Facebook as well so if you are on Facebook you can just look me up on bird is the word podcast and you can hit like or follow and you'll be able to get all the updates I post on there pretty often um I like to really use it as like a way to interact with everybody um so if you're on Facebook Instagram bird is the word podcast is on both please give it a like and a follow and I would love to hear from you in a message or a comment um and yeah uh so I want to go ahead and get into today's story because it's kind of long and my story about Samson it was two parts I hope y'all loved that but it was kind of long so I and I know you guys don't care because I've been told by y'all all the time like I want 30 minutes and I'm like and then there's like another group where like 20 minutes is fine and I'm like I feel like 20 minutes is fine so I don't know I'm an overthinker should we do a poll like should we do an Instagram poll maybe or like a Facebook voting where y'all could tell me what y'all want I don't know you let me know okay Anyways, so today's story, we are talking about Esther and the story of Esther, y'all, this is giving Hollywood, this is giving rags to riches, this is giving diamonds, luxury, royalty, like I am just like feeling for some reason Gatsby, I don't know, it's just giving all the drama, all the like Hollywood vibes and again, I said rags to riches because that's literally what happens. We, get, we have another story again where we see the come up. God is good. The come up is real. Um, so, man, it's just such a good story. And I'm really excited to talk about it. So let's get into it. You know, Esther is one of two women in the Bible that have an entire book, book, booked girl, <laughs> that have an entire book named after her. I mean, so we already talked about Ruth. She's, she's the other one and now Esther. So this is literally the book of Esther, the entire book of Esther. So, you know, feel free to, you know, read this story on your own and get your own interpretation. Maybe dig out some stuff that I probably left out, which I do leave out a lot of detail in my stories because I kind of want to get to the point and I don't want to bore you. You know what I mean? And not that the details are boring, but like there's just so much. And if you read these stories, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So anyways, this honorable woman, Esther, with her own book in the Bible, go off, sis. We love it. I'm here for it. You know, girls supporting girls. Uh, (laughs) So she is a Hebrew woman, a Jewish Hebrew woman, and um, she is among a community of Jews that were originally uproot from Israel. Um, But this community of Jews, which, you know, obviously included Esther's family, they were, you know, a small community that decided to stay and they lived within the Persian culture under the rule of Persia in the 
capital, Persian capital, uh, which was Susa. And they, what they did was they basically assimilated and kind of just blended in with Persian culture because they was like, baby, we ain't going nowhere. We just going to adapt. Feel me? How many of my Mexicans do that? Because that's why we here. Okay, that was just whatever. <laughs> okay, so... Um, we get in, in the Bible, we get a sense of Persia and it's a very wealthy royal city with like beautiful architecture and it, that still exists today. And we love that. Um, so Esther's parents died and she was actually taken in by her uncle Mordecai. And let me tell you something about Mordecai, baby. We love Mordecai. Just wait, wait for it. He plays a vital role in Esther's story. Um, her uncle who decided to take care of her. So another point I want to make really quick is the book of Esther does not speak of God, not once in her entire story. Interesting, right? We're going to get back to that at the end. Just keep that in mind. Just wanted to mention that you're not going to hear about God at all in this story. Um, so we are then introduced to the king of Persia. His name is King Xerxes. Um, and we get introduced to this festival he's having. Um, he has a queen who is obviously his wife and it's Queen Vashti. And apparently she's very beautiful because, you know, baby, he's a king. She got to be a baddie. Um, and so it's there's this part in the beginning where they're at this feast. And he basically, you know, summons his wife, Queen Vashti, to appear before him and all his people because he wanted to show her off. I think he had too much to drink. And he was like, go oh, bring her here. Let me show you he's like come up so he's like go get Vashti she needs to come up here right now so you know he calls her up she refuses to come we don't know why we don't get an you know we don't get an answer as to why she decided not to come maybe he was too lit and she was annoyed how many women get annoyed when their man is lit or vice versa right I don't know I'm just assuming she just said no and this angered him and right then and there he divorces her on the spot done he's like you disrespect me. You embarrass me in front of everybody. Bye. And so this little scenario kind of gives us a sense of authority. His sense of authority is very obvious. He's very powerful. And it's a very sensitive situation. Um, because in front of people, he literally just said, come here. And she didn't. He's like, okay, bye. We're done. That's very, you know, to us, that's very minor. But to a world, in a world where a king is of that stature, it's probably a very big deal. Um, so now he's single, he's queenless cause he dropped her like a fly. He said, bye baby. Um, and so in order to choose a new queen, this is where, this is where it gets like Hollywood vibes. He decides to hold a kind of like a beauty contest so that he could select a wife from a group of desirable women. Right. Um, and the Bible describes it as, as kind of like a draft pick, you know, because Esther was among one of these women selected. Um, so, you know, Esther gets selected. Esther gets drafted. It's draft day. <laughs> so, you know, Esther among a group of women gets drafted. Um, and her cousin Mordecai's like, look, whatever you do, do not tell them our nationality or family background. Don't say none of that. That's nobody's business. So, you know, Mordecai's just looking out. And so, you know. She had to compete for 12 months of like beauty treatments. And the Bible says it consisted of things like oil, of myrrh and perfume and other cosmetics, quote unquote. I don't know what those other cosmetics were, but I want to know what that perfume smelled like. I don't know. For some reason, I'm getting old lady vibes. I'm getting, <laughs> I don't know why I just feel like it smelled like old lady. I don't know because they didn't have very many options. So like, what were they making perfume out of like fruit? flowers oh I cannot 
wow, we live in a beautiful time, right? Because we have options, let me tell you. Um, so anyways, she would like appear before the king and he did sort of like a process of elimination, kind of like, you know, a beauty pageant again. <laughs> so can you guess where this story goes? Of course, Esther gets chosen. Um, Esther was apparently very beautiful. The Bible says she was, I mean, just beautiful and just very desirable to the eye of men. Um, and so, um, he chooses her and she becomes the queen of Persia. Here we are rags to riches, girlfriend. Oh my God. Like this Hebrew woman living among a shunned community in this beautiful Royal city gets chosen to be the queen. She made it. We love that for Esther. I mean, God, that's just like, she made it. Um, so yeah, again, we see another poor misfortunes person's life turn around completely. Um, okay. And so then we start, you know, things take a turn, um, very quickly too, because this, as soon as she becomes queen, we start talking, you know, the Bible starts telling us about some trouble between her uncle Mordecai and, um, the king's right-hand man, Haman. So they call him the king's vicer. And what it is, is he's literally like right under the king. So he's up there. He's pretty high. And um, this man is described in the Bible as a very like proud, boastful man. He's very like full of himself. He's like, um, right under the king. Bow down to me. Goodbye. And one of his requirements was for the people that approached him or people that he approached to bow down to him. Now, I need to be specific that in the Persian culture, um, and I looked this up, it is a very intense bow that they expected around this time. So it's not just a regular like little quick bow. No, you, he wanted, they wanted your forehead to the ground. So like you're on your knees, good luck getting up. <laughs> so like, you know, forehead to the ground, I'm, that's a very intense bow. Um, and so Mordecai told Haman he was not going to bow down to him. Um, he said that he's a Jew and, um, it was very, you know, frowned upon that they saved the gesture of bowing. Um, it was reserved for God. Love that for Mordecai. Oh, he was like, I don't, you know, I don't worship anybody other than my God. And, you know, bowing is a sign of worship. So he tells Haman, absolutely not. I'm not bowing down to you. You're not God. Um, and so this pissed Haman off again, a very boastful man, very proud. So I can imagine he felt like he had to handle this. He had to deal with this. How dare you disrespect me? Boy, you ain't the king. Goodbye. Um, and so Haman plans and decides that he wants to kill every Jew in the kingdom. So he's like, you know what? If this is how the Jews are going to be, if the Jews don't believe in bowing down to me, then I'm going to get rid of all of them. Um, you know, so that's kind of how he's thinking. So he goes to the king to get his to get his approval, and the king's like, "Sure, fine, whatever." You know, Amen. Get out of my face. The king's like, "All right, cool." So Esther, Queen Esther, I picture her just beautiful with this big royal crown. She's chilling on her throne. I'm just picturing her in this just pearls girl I don't know <laughs> so she finds out about this and she sends up one of her royal attendees to find out what happened like what's going on why are we killing Jews because let's not forget she's a Jew in disguise um and so you know this is another good little testimony of how you know the king his power was very powerful to where you know Esther couldn't even just ask her husband, you know, she had to send somebody to find out. I'm assuming she, you know, she couldn't even approach him without 
you know, asking if she could approach him first. You know what I mean? So she sends them her royal attendee. The royal attendee actually ends up receiving a message from her uncle Mordecai. And, you know, she they tell Esther, you know, what's going on, what's happened. And he asked, you know, her uncle, her uncle Mordecai is like asking her to beg the king for mercy for her people. Um, and so, again, we're getting a sense of, you know, how intense it was to communicate with the king, how powerful he was, how he was held very high. And, you know, I believe that there's even a portion in this story that says that, you know, anyone who even showed up to the king uninvited could be put to death. Um, so it was very strict. So if Esther would even approach him, she could literally die. You know, if he decided, I didn't want you to come up to me. So this was a very different time. We're still, you know, very, very different time. Um, things were different. <laughs> I can say that like 10 more times. Um, and so she sends Mordecai and, you know, she sends Mordecai to call together all of the Jews and they do sort of like a three-day fast. And this was something um, that, you know, the Jewish community would partake in um, when they were seeking. Now, the Bible doesn't say specifically that they are praying to God while doing this fast. It just has to be implied that this is something that the Jews would do when they were in prayer to God and, you know, needed answers or needed help. They would fast. And people today still do things like that. Um, so, you know, while God wasn't specifically mentioned, we know, again, we're in the Bible. The Bible's about God and he's not specifically mentioned here, but this fast alone is kind of like, you know, God being involved in this story, right? Um, and so, you know, instead of acting as a Persian, you know, Esther was acting like her roots. She was being a Hebrew woman. Um, and it kind of shows she had a little foundation of faith, even though it's not mentioned. Um, but she does decide that she's going to participate in this fast. So she was humbled because, again, she was a queen. She ain't got to participate in no fast. But she says she wasn't just going to let them do it. She was going to do it, too. Um, so this also kind of demonstrates, you know, the power of prayer and um, what kind of faith goes into, you know, praying. Um, definitely something that I'm still learning. <laughs> um, so she says to Mordecai, um, and this is an exact, you know, words from the Bible. She says, when this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So she was willing to fight for her people and stand up for them regardless. And if you'll notice, she said... I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. So we already can tell. Um, this is the part where I said that you could be put to death if you even approach this king and he decides he didn't want you there. Um, so I said that earlier, but I just wanted to reiterate. I kind of didn't order my notes correctly. Um, but yeah, so she was willing to fight for these people and she was selfless. Um, and so they do the, the three-day fast and then she decides to approach the king and by God's grace, he lets her. Um, and so that alone was a blessing from God. You know, their fasting that they did, you know, the God is good. Um, and so she asks him, she's like, I would like to have a banquet, which is kind of like a dinner, a dinner party in these times. And she's like, and I would like for you to be there, obviously. And I want Haman to attend. We know who Haman is, don't we? Which, to me, this is a very interesting way for her to go about achieving, you know, this request. Um, because she very well had to have known how to approach the situation. She had been around enough 
like long enough to know like I gotta handle this you know I've got to calculate my moves correctly you know because I would have walked up in there and be like please I'm begging you you know like I would have walked in there crying like I'm your wife do you love me please no 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 she was like nope I'm gonna do this you know professionally appropriately respectfully and I admire that like I admire that I admire that she knew how to handle herself she was just so classy oh love we love Esther right you can tell I love her um and so yeah so that night you know so they they plan you know to have this dinner that night the king couldn't sleep and he asked one of his attendees to bring him a book of records so that he could read and make him sleepy sounds super boring but so I guess I understand how that would make you sleepy right so he's like bring me a book of rester of resters yeah resters of records so that I could fall asleep something to do you know he's a human being so He's just trying to get to sleep. And while he's reading that in, you know, in the book of records, he just so happens to discover that Mordecai, Esther's uncle, he doesn't know it's his uncle. He doesn't know that that's Esther's uncle, um, had once overheard somebody plotting to kill him, the king. And he warned officials in advance, which saved the king's life because they were able to act. He also reads in the book of records that Mordecai was not honored or rewarded for doing this. And he's like, What? how oh my god so he's like shook he's like okay tomorrow we need to take care of this we're gonna honor this man and so he goes to sleep the next morning Haman shows up and he's telling the king that he wants to specifically hang Mordecai right because you know we're gonna get started we're gonna start with him and the king just kind of like disregards him and he's like we need to do something to honor a man like what what should we do to honor somebody in like the best way and Haman is over here thinking that the king's talking of him. So, you know, he's like, we could do royal robes, fancy horses. We could put him up here. And again, Haman has no idea that this is not for him. Um, and so that's exactly what the king did. He got him a fancy robe and puts him on this big old fancy horse for Mordecai. And he has Haman, you know, do the honors. And Haman was angry. He was pissed. Um, and so the following night is... I mean, that exact night was the dinner or the banquet that he Haman was supposed to have with the king and queen, which is Miss Esther. So there they are eating. Um, it's the king, it's Esther, and it's Haman. And the king asks Esther, he's like, girl, what is your desire? Why did you call all of this? Um, and he even says to her, he was like, I will do anything you want. I, I will even give you half of this kingdom if you want it. Um, and so this part, we get a sense of like vulnerable, vulnerability in his love for Esther. This, this part is like, we've never seen the King before. This very powerful man is being very vulnerable towards his queen. So it wasn't, he didn't, it's not that he didn't not love Queen Vashti, but his love for Esther, it was there. It was something different. Um, and so I, I thought it was beautiful to see that. I was like, this man, you know, he loved her. She was beautiful. You know, she was respectful. She did as she was told. And he was a little bit vulnerable towards her. We love that for her. She got this king on his knees. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so she tells the king to spare her people. She tells him that she's actually a Hebrew woman. And um, she begs him to spare their life as well as hers. And she's probably just like, please don't kill me for saying this. But like, please don't do this. You know, don't kill, you know, these Hebrew people. You know, don't kill my 
Uncle Mordecai, whatever. Um, and so the king agrees. He agrees. He's like, baby, whatever you want. And he did say that. He said he would do anything for her. The only thing is, is that when the king agreed to have, you know, when Haman came to him with this request, you know, they had these things called decrees. And there was a decree that was already in place for the Persians to start killing these people. And so they were very hard to reverse because they needed to be translated in different languages. They had to be sent out to different parts of the city. I mean, it was a whole ordeal. It wasn't like they had Facebook where they could be like, hey, you know what, scratch that decree. It was a whole process. So the king agreed and he allowed Esther and her uncle Mordecai to make a new decree. This decree would allow the Jews the right to assemble and protect themselves to go after anybody trying to destroy them. Um, and so at this point, it's like, okay, so I didn't even know the Jews weren't allowed to fight for themselves. They were just supposed to take it. But here we are. The king's like, you know what? I can't reverse it, but let's let them fight for themselves. You know, I'm so sorry. There's nothing else I can do, but there's about to be a war. There's about to be beef. And at this point, he kills Haman. We love that. <laughs> I mean, I don't love that he got killed, but it's like, do I really care? Because he was such a vile, awful man. Um, and he was the one that felt like he was just so entitled and started all this drama. He literally started all this. So how the tables turn, the king has him killed in the same little stick thing or whatever it's called. The st- I don't know what it's called, but they was going to put him on a stick. They, was gonna, they were going to put Mordecai on a stick. They put Haman on there. Bye, baby. Done. Done deal. Gone. And so um, the Bible says that. So this is kind of like the end of the story. Like this is kind of where it ends because, man, a lot happened. So we see Esther not only rags to riches. I mean, it was just so powerful what happened. And again, we don't hear about God specifically like we do in the other stories. We don't hear, you know, the quote, the Lord, your God or the Lord, my God. Um, But the Bible does say that Persians who witnessed this, they became believers in God and converted to Judaism. That is just so powerful because God used Esther for salvation of so many people and it's like again God's not even mentioned you can go read the story you're not going to even see that at all when um Mordecai decides that he doesn't want to bow down to the oh my god y'all hear Chevy back there wilding when Mordecai decides that he doesn't want to bow down to Haman he doesn't say God he says it's against his religion we know that he's Jewish, it's because he bows down to God. But it again, there's no mention of God in this story. But God is everywhere in this story. I mean, everywhere you look, it's like you're seeing God's work. And he literally directed Esther's path. Every move she made was protected by God. Her roots were from people of God. So she was protected. And um, He gave her, God gave her the tools to be a queen who served him. And whether she was, you know, exclaiming that she was serving God or not, she was serving him. She was helping save her people, save lives. Um, And there were just so many things that happened that the Lord prepared for this moment. Lots of, lots of coincidences happen in this story. And for me, God isn't mentioned in the story and it challenges us to look for God's activity. And that's exactly what I did when I read this. Like, okay, he's not mentioned here, but I see him. I see him everywhere in here. 
And it goes to show me, like I said, there were lots of coincidences, but I don't believe, and when you read the Bible, nothing in life is a coincidence. Nothing that happened in Esther's story was a coincidence. It was not a coincidence that, you know, um, the king read that about Mordecai. That was God. What are the chances? I mean, that is miraculous. That is like unheard of. That is not of this world. That is God making moves behind the scenes. And he does that for us every single day. Every single day. We're just not looking, you know. And um, I just, I was so moved by the fact that like God's name is not in this story. But God is everywhere. You don't even have to name him. He's literally everywhere making moves behind the scenes. Lots of things brewing that we don't even know about. And he literally guided Esther's entire journey to get to where she needed to be. And he did a really good job. I mean, I was just like, God, you really won this one. I mean, this was a number. I mean, just the way everything worked out, you know, Esther being who she was. And then she got into this amazing, exalted position only for her people to get, you know, shunned and, you know, plotted to kill. And then here it's like up and down, roller coaster, roller coaster. It's like a Hollywood movie. Am I right? <laughs> it's just so good. And it, it, it's just such a good testimony of God working behind the scenes. And I want to challenge you after hearing a story like this to pay attention to what God's doing in your life and to try to throw the concept of coincidentals out the window because I have learned to do that. And again, easier said than done, but throw the concept of coincidence out the window and just think for a second, is that really a coincidence or is that God making things happen for me? Is that God putting me in the right, you know, career path, in the right life path, in the right church path, whatever the case may be. It's not coincidental. And I'm my mom always, always would tell me nothing in life is coincidental. And hearing this story is just God's testimony, God's way of showing us and God's way of having me tell you that nothing in your life is a coincidence. Nothing that happened to Esther was a coincidence. It was God. And we have to have faith in knowing that God is working behind the scenes all the time and brewing things. I mean, there were so many things that he had to get prepared for everything to happen in Esther's story the way that it happened. And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful turnout. Um, you know, her life was spared. Her people her uncle Mordecai, we love Mordecai. He was a good man. He was a patient man. And he was a man of God, obviously, because he's like, baby, I ain't bowing down to you, period. <laughs> we love it. So I I just loved that story. Somebody needs to make a movie. And if there's a movie on it, and I don't know about it, y'all need to let me know. Send me a message. I would love to see a movie on Esther. Hollywood needs to take it and really just display God's goodness in this story. Wow, it was just amazing and I like when God challenges me in the Bible to find him and I found him he was everywhere I mean come on to be honest I didn't have to look very hard because I kind of knew from day from the first five minutes I was like oh that's God oh that's God I love that I oh I love it we love a good challenge God so thank you for that <laughs> but yeah so that is it I hope that you enjoyed that roller coaster of a story I was so excited to tell it so I feel I feel good. I feel, you know, fulfilled in my Sunday evening. But thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you have a blessed day. I hope you have a blessed week. You know, say a little prayer. Try to be positive. And remember, nothing in your life is a coincidence. Okay, bye.